I'm Gary LaRude of Microwave Journal. On today's Frequency Matters podcast, we're going to continue exploring the CHIPS Act. The legislation will provide $52 billion over five years, with the bulk of that funding, some $39 billion, helping the semiconductor industry expand capabilities and capacity in the U.S. The legislation covers wafer fabrication, assembly, test, advanced packaging, and R&D. Global Foundries is one of the companies likely to receive support from the CHIPS Act, and Ezra Hall, the Senior Director for the Aerospace and Defense segment, is with me to discuss Global Foundries' perspective. Ezra, thanks for taking time to speak with Microwave Journal. Uh, Gary, thanks uh, so much for having me, and it's great to meet you today. Well, let's start with kind of an overview of Global Foundries. Can you give us a summary of your business model and when you, where your facilities are located? You know, I, I work at GF, which is one of the world's leading semiconductor manufacturers. And you know, as I've watched the industry over the past three decades, uh, you know, GF is a leader and one of the five companies left in the world at scale, manufacturing chips in Singapore, Dresden, Germany, and the US. We employ about 15,000 people around the world and I had the great pleasure of attending our IPO uh, last October in uh, 2021 in New York City. Uh, it's really exciting to be at a company uh, that is manufacturing the feature-rich chips that are so pervasively used for people's lives. What do we mean by pervasive? Think about secure paid transactions. You, know, you bring your phone into the grocery store. That requires embedded memory, the types of technologies that GF makes. Think about the connection between your phone and the cell tower, you know, where you're transmitting voice and data. Phones around the world are using chips from GF, actually made in a small state of Vermont that I'm calling out of. That's the type of chips that GF has focused on, or focused on them because they represent about 75% of the semiconductor market. We develop these technologies by working really closely with our customers. We customize those technologies to optimize their chips to achieve higher security, lower power, greater durability, extreme temperature, environmental compliance, and whatever features they need that help them excel in their end application. That's what we put in our technologies. This spans sectors such as automotive, uh, 5G, aerospace and defense, and internet of things, data centers, and other markets where feature-rich chips are enabling. They're enabling the innovation and the value creation that our country, our customers, and that the world needs. So your CEO, Tom Caulfield, supported passage of the CHIPS Act and was at the White House when President Biden signed the legislation. I know that because I saw his uh, post on LinkedIn with the White House in the background. Uh, not speaking for Tom, but can you share Global Foundry's perspective on the problem the CHIPS Act was aiming to solve? So the, the Chips and Science Act is, you know, we read through what Congress has uh, specified. It's all about strengthening the U.S. economy, U.S. supply chains, and national security. Right? This is about a half a trillion dollar semiconductor industry today. 50% of the demand for that industry is coming from and generated by U.S. headquarter companies. The problem is only about 12% of the supply of semiconductors is manufactured in the U.S. Other nations have industrial policies that promote manufacturing, and they've invested a lot more than what has been done in the US up to date. This has led to a high concentration of chip manufacturing in Asia. So these policies in the US are being implemented to uh, really compete on that worldwide scale to help level the playing field. And that catalyst will accelerate US semiconductor manufacturing and make it more globally competitive. So as you mentioned, uh, our 
CEO Tom Caulfield attended the signing ceremony on behalf of GF. And this land landmark legislation will have a profound and positive impact on our nation, our industry, and GF for years to come. In his remarks, President Biden cited GF's announcement that Qualcomm was purchasing an additional $4.2 billion in U.S.-made chips from GF to be manufactured at Fab 8 in Malta, New York. GF stands ready to deliver on our promise of the Chips and Science Act and turn this bill's potential into action that will result in growth of the industry and more created here in America. We thank President Joe Biden, Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Senators Cornyn and Leahy, Representatives Tonko and Welsh, and other countless folks who have fought for this bill. Well, the bill has several components, including tax credits and some $39 billion to fund wafer fabs, packaging tests, and research initiatives. Broadly speaking, where will global foundries seek funding? Do you know? Yes. Well, you know, first, as outlined with the way that GF creates feature-rich technologies that our customers use, GF is well-positioned to be an important recipient of CHIPS and Science Act funding. From the Department of Commerce, uh, you know, we see that it's about manufacturing capacity expansion, and it includes current generation chips and more mature generation chips. The department expects to allocate at least a quarter of the available chips incentives funding, or approximately 10 billion, to increase the domestic production of semiconductors across a range of nodes, including chips used in defense and critical commercial sectors, such as automobiles, information and communications technology, and medical devices. Now, the specific implementation details are still forthcoming from the Department of Commerce, but we expect GF will get its fair share of the funding. We anticipate the funds will come in the form of grants and refundable tax credits. The investments that GF receives from the CHIPS and Science Act will be combined with similar investments being made by GF and our customers who are ready with their commitments in order to expand our manufacturing and research and development in the U.S. In Malta Fab 8, in New York, we aim to leverage ships funding to expand manufacturing capacity, to better serve our customers, and to help ensure the U.S. supply chain has feature-rich semiconductors it needs. In Vermont, at the Fab 9 facility, we aim to leverage ships funding to update and modernize Fab 9 with new tools and equipment, making the facility more globally competitive and positioning it for continued leadership in RF chip manufacturing. In both Vermont and New York, we seek to expand our capabilities in 2.5D and 3D heterogeneous integration and to support trusted foundry availability for dual-use applications from both facilities. We are also a proud member of both ASIC and MITRE, two coalitions seeking to receive CHIPS funding to establish the NSTC, or National Semiconductor Technology Center, to drive innovations in chip manufacturing and throughout the U.S. semiconductor ecosystem and ensure that technology transitions to production in the U.S. GF's participation in the NSTC brings focus to innovation pervasive, feature-rich chips for automotive, wireless communication, defense, and all the other markets essential to the economy, supply chain, and, and really national security. Right? Uh, if you look at the fabric of what these chips enable, much of that is uh, what keeps the lights on and our energy being delivered. And of course, uh, the national security applications are very important. Our readers at Microwave Journal and the listeners of this podcast are interested in RF and microwave technology. Have you defined or can you speak more about any projects that would actually enhance your capabilities for RF, microwave, and millimeter wave applications? You know, first let's start with uh, GF chips. You know, they're in the smartphone brands that uh, represent 85% of the market. And we recently announced earlier this year GF Connects. 
connects as a portfolio that comprises our GF differentiated RF feature rich technology solutions. Now, these enable best in class design enablement and collaboration with our partners in the ecosystem for delivering breakthrough wireless connected products. Uh, the GF Connects portfolio showcases the purpose-built solutions based on GF's RF SOI, fully depleted SOI, SIGI, and FinFET platforms, which fulfill the application-specific requirements for wireless in smart mobile devices and communications infrastructure, home and industrial IoT, and automotive. The GF Connects 5G and millimeter wave solutions lead the industry in performance and power efficiency. Let me share some metrics with you. The GF Connects FDX and RF SOI-based solutions over a generation ahead of the competition with a greater than 10% PA power amplifier output power advantage for 5G millimeter wave applications and a greater than 20% lower RON C-off for 5G sub 6 gigahertz applications. These solutions are in high volume production and we have shipped close to 100 billion ships that are utilizing the GF Connect solutions. The markets for these solutions have grown at a compound annual growth rate of 47% between 2020 and 2022. And these customer demands are, are increasingly growing as we see more connectivity in the world. And, and with those uh, chips that are shipping, you know, come opportunities for uh, new technology developments and integrations, integrations of uh, logic and RF. So we have a, a history of progress in this space uh, in partnering with the U.S. government, uh, for example, DARPA and the DOD program called T-Music, which aims to develop next generation terahertz mixed mode devices that integrate RF and digital processing and intelligence on the same chip through an advanced CMOS fabrication platform. These technologies will provide DOD systems with differentiated capabilities and advanced RF sensors, high capacity wireless and wireline communications and beyond. This is driving some innovations in SWAP-C and we will further that with heterogeneous integration and antenna and package and the chips and science acts presents an opportunity for further onshore development in these areas. Let's talk a little bit about your own area of responsibility. Obviously one of the motivations for the chips act is to ensure the latest process technologies and capacity are based in the US as you noted and particularly to ensure a secure supply of ICs for US defense systems. Now Global Foundries is already an ITAR-trusted foundry. You support the uh, DOD with a long history there. How do you see the CHIPS Act adding to your ability to support the defense market and defense programs in the U.S.? So, you know, GF offers dual-use technologies, those being that are produced in high volume for commercial market segments, you know, market segments such as automotive, and then also differentiated for use in defense and aerospace. Those differentiations include adding unique security handling, as you mentioned, strict export controls and trusted handling, and also meeting extreme environmental uh, condition requirements. Think minus 55 degrees Celsius and other conditions that are required for those markets. And through our worldwide technology portfolio and our prowess in developing and transferring the qualification and production, those technologies, uh, we can bring those technologies not only to our facilities worldwide, but onshoring those to GF. And this positions GF to address really the full span of what Chips and Science Act targets to uh, deliver on here in the U.S., which is let's domesticate technologies, let's do new research and de development, let's transition those to production to address economic security and also add the security handling in the fab to address national security. 
and that will accomplish everything that Chips and Science Act sets to accomplish, which is increased domestic capacity and development of new technologies and new onshore technologies. At GF, we have partnered with the DOD over the years. Uh, we trailblazed in establishing the very first trusted foundry in the nation. That's the facility I work from, Fab 9 in Vermont. That was accredited in 2006. We did that by defining and implementing proven security approaches in the FAB. And that model is now being extended in partnership with the DOD to our flagship facility and headquarters in New York, FAB 8. And we're doing that in partnership with the DOD. As we look at the Chips and Science Act, uh, we will be enhancing and expanding our heterogeneous integration capabilities, both at FAB 9 and FAB 8. And we'll do so under the Trusted Foundry umbrella and other security constructs needed for the markets to establish and secure the national security capabilities that this legislation aims to address. In this way, we will address both the high volume requirements and the unique security requirements for national security. So we're very uniquely positioned to continue serving this key market and also to extend this to automotive, IoT, communications, and really any market that requires a high degree of security or assurance we learn from every engagement that we have uh, and, you know, around the world, really, the security requirements that our customers bring forth, including the Department of Defense. And we bring the best of those uh, techniques that apply to the commercial critical infrastructure sectors to enhance supply chain security and resiliency. And there's no time like today then to be doing this uh, because of the importance of semiconductors to the economic security of the nation and the national security. So in fact, this CHIPS and Science Act establishes a fund uh, which will be administered by the State Department to support the adoption of secure technology and semiconductor supply chains amongst the U.S. and its allies. And GF, with this global footprint, is a leader in this space. That sounds great. Uh, if we probe and look at the uh, block diagram of a defense system, say a phased array radar or electronic warfare system, you've talked a little bit about the different process nodes and some of the different applications. Focusing on defense, can you give us a sense of the kinds of functional blocks that your process nodes support from, say, the antenna to the bits? Yeah, Gary, this is a space that GF really excels at. Uh, and, you know, the, the number of... Uh, functional block uh, diagram areas that uh, the GF reads on is, is quite extensive, you know, from switches to antennas to transmitters, receivers, transceivers, filters, down conversion, mixers, you know, A to D's, D to A's, signal processors, you know, it's quite an extensive uh, array, uh, you know, no pun intended, uh, of, of uh, capabilities that are enabled. And so if you look at a front-end module which has switches and amplifiers um, or the analog beamforming, you know, switches and phase shifters, the analog up-down conversion, which includes local oscillators, mixers, integrated filters, you know, the ADCs and DACs and the converters, and then the uh, digital up-down conversion and beamforming. GF has leading technologies in all these categories. Our SIGI by CMOS processes integrate uh, with the logic capability of CMOS to enable full-phased arrays on single chips at high frequencies, and that's transforming defense applications. Now, as I mentioned earlier, uh, GF has already shipped over 100 billion chips in this sector. Uh, you know, demonstrably for the uh, commercial use and smartphones that you have in your pockets. We also have photonics, a silicon photonics offering. That, that's usable for phase shifting, filtering, and combining optically in the optical domain for RF frequencies. And that can give a very high bandwidth energy efficient communication solution also. You know, think about aircraft where weight is of, uh, of high importance. So for signal intelligence, wideband radar, you know, sparse sampling for broad narrowband detection, uh, 
know, these are all technologies that GF makes that can be applied to the sector. And as we know, artificial intelligence is increasingly needed for spectral awareness to do adaptive beamforming, adaptive calibration of phased arrays. All these are being assisted by AI technologies. In the short time scales of dynamic radio frequency environments, think about moving vehicles or dense communication channels. You have to integrate this AI processing. So having our next generation fully depleted SOI technologies called FDX, heterogeneously integrated for radar systems will make them even more resilient in the contested electromagnetic environments we are seeing on ground, air, sea, and space. So you mentioned a single chip um, system, which is certainly the holy grail, but uh, not all systems can be integrated in a single chip, yet there is a tremendous push to shrink size, weight, and power. So you get a lot of integration of more system capability in the package. So can you talk a little bit about some of the uh, packaging initiatives? I think you you mentioned that briefly, but that will allow you to combine your different, uh, say, chips and different process nodes into a single package. Absolutely, Gary. So we started with, uh, as much as the industry did, you know, figuring out how to integrate RF and digital into single chips. And, you know, we've been pushing the technology and we'll continue to push the technology envelope through our SIGI by CMOS processes as we extend those through the nodes, our fully depleted SOI technologies. And then, as I mentioned, our silicon photonics offering, right? These are being used extensively today and will be you know, part of uh, our continued roadmap, of course, for single chips. And then heterogeneous integration brings, uh, as you mentioned, uh, some, some great new capabilities to the table of bringing disparate technologies together in very space efficient, compact form factors. So the Chips and Science Act implementation details when they become available you know, will allow uh, GF to expand research and development and production capabilities in these areas. And we're very well positioned to, uh, you know, with our US presence, deliver on this Chips and Science Act goal for the uh, dual use technologies uh, that serve economic and national security and including heterogeneous integration. I talk a little bit about our photonics uh, platform, right? the silicon photonics. Uh, we've had uh, numerous uh, design wins with major customers. We have a significant market share today, and we expect uh, the growth in the segment to outpace the market, you know, GF's share of it. We have a first-of-kind silicon photonic platform. It's addressing this explosive growth of soaring data volumes by combining photons and electrons. It's a monolithic platform. It's the first in the industry to combine 300 millimeter photonics features and 300 gigahertz class RF CMOS on a silicon wafer that delivers best-in-class performance at scale. This consolidates complex processes that were previously distributed across multiple chips onto a single chip, combining the photonic system, radio frequency components, and high-performance CMOS logic on a single chip. GF's the only pure play foundry with a 300 millimeter monolithic silicon photonic solution today that's been demonstrated at half a terabit per second per fiber. This also enables 1.6 to 3.2 terabits per second across optical chiplets. So as you integrate, you need to communicate across chips. And this is a great way to deliver faster and more efficient transmission of data, more efficient with better signal integrity, up to 10,000 times improvement in system error rate is enabled by this for next generation artificial intelligence. So this really represents a highest level of integration possible. We have the photonics integrated into you know, the silicon chips that we're using that allows our customers to integrate more product functionality, that simplifies their bill of materials, that optimizes swap C, and then the end customers, whether that be the commercial space 
or the dual use application for national security, get to realize greater performance and increased capacity and capability. That's truly class leading for the nation. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Certainly photonics is another one of those areas, uh, holy grail areas, and it sounds like uh, you've really accomplished some pretty innovative things. So is there anything we haven't discussed that uh, would help us understand the importance of the CHIPS Act to global foundries and how it impacts the U.S. technology base? Gary, this has been a great discussion. And uh, just to recap a few highlights and uh, address a couple of additional areas. So dual use technologies clearly of utmost importance to the Chips and Science Act, and that's what GF offers. We, we offer those pervasively used differentiated technologies for both economic security, you know, all of those rapidly expanding markets such as automotive and communications and national security. GF is well positioned for Chips and Science Act funding and the investment tax credits that will make US manufacturing more competitive globally, including bringing home key technologies. And as we mentioned, GF is a leader in research and development and productization of those technologies. And you know, as part of uh, our Chips and Science Act and investment tax credit support, we will not only develop new technologies in the US, but onshore technologies that are needed for these critical markets. The next generation R&D investments and leadership, GF is great at doing that. And we closely coordinate all of that work with our customers. And then we transition that research and development into production. Global Foundry's R&D investments and leadership working closely with our customers and transitioning that to production addresses the differentiated feature-rich technologies needed by most of the markets. That's most of the global markets, that most of the US markets, and also those markets that serve national security. GF is perfectly positioned to help lead the nation to stronger semiconductor supply chain. This will boost the US economy and boost national security. GF is really looking forward to further implementation details from the Department of Commerce to move this important sector forward. And Gary, I'd like to really thank you for bringing these important topics to uh, all of our listeners and for taking the time today to speak about these important matters with Global Foundries. Well, Ezra, thank you for sharing your thoughts about the CHIPS Act and giving us a good perspective of uh, Global Foundries' capabilities. I certainly believe uh, GF is leading the development of millimeter wave silicon and is a technology and business enabler for multiple fabulous startups that we've seen. And uh, I've learned a lot more today about some of your other activities like photonics. So I think enhancing your technology and your capacity are certainly good things for the industry. And I wish you a lot of success as you go into the implementation of the CHIPS Act. Gary, we really appreciate that. And uh, thank you for putting forth this podcast for our listeners. We also discussed the impact of the CHIPS Act on uh, fabulous semiconductor startups, speaking with Maryam Rofugarin, the CEO of Movandi, in a prior episode. So if you haven't heard that conversation, you can find it at podcast.microwavejournal.com. Thanks for listening.